Hello and welcome to another episode of the Villa Talks podcast and welcome to a one-off special, a mismatch of all things Villa in this episode. Uh, sorry we haven't been with you the last couple of weeks. I've been on paternity leave from work and the Villa Talks podcast uh, and uh, things have been pretty hectic. So we haven't really had a chance to to do a pod. We were meant to be doing a uh, end of season review and we had it all lined up with a a studio to do it on YouTube and everything, but it sort of fell through. So we didn't manage to get around to doing that, unfortunately. But we'll try and do some sort of preview review of the season or or something like that at some stage. But today we're going to be talking about uh, everything really from transfers, Bandia, transfer targets, England, Grealish, Mings, etc. Uh, talking about the Euros, just have a general conversation really and uh, just catch up really and catch up with the guys from the VVB crew. We've got, as always, we've got AJ, Carl and Sam. How you doing boys? Very well. Okay, thank you. Marvellous. Marvellous. Marvellous Nakamba. Good. Excellent. Excellent. Good. Good. He's good. not here, is he? Uh, well, <laughs> funny you should say that. Uh, so our, fourth, our, our fourth guest is uh, no, he's not here. Uh, but <laughs> anyway, let's crack on. Let's crack on. Where should we start? Let's start, let's start with the Euros, shall we? Let's start with the Euros. Uh, what have you? Uh, what have you guys made of the of the the build up to the uh, to the European Championship so far? And uh, in particular, Grealish's performances coming back from injury, starting both games, getting good minutes in in his legs, and uh, and Southgate's comments thereafter. AJ, you first, mate. As always, what, what's been your your thoughts on the on on so far? What's happened in the in the run up to the Euros? Well, I kind of feel like, to a degree, the two friendlies that we've had have been a complete waste of time. Um, playing players who aren't even in the squad. Uh, not bringing back. I, I understand why they've given the you know it's been a long season. I understand why they've given the guys in the Champions League final and stuff a, um, some extra time off. But you know, what, for the sake of a couple of days, to me at least, the second friendly there, you want to be playing the first eleven that's going to start against Croatia, pretty much. Uh, and it wasn't anything like what we expect to see against Croatia. Um, so. Uh, I guess kind of a, a bit of a waste, really, of of two good opportunities. Having said that, from our perspective, um, wanting Grealish to do well, uh, not just because he's a Villa player, but because we genuinely believe he has the potential to tear up the whole tournament and have a massive impact uh, for England. Uh, I think the fact that he was um, man of the match in the second game and probably wasn't far off in the first game, I thought Saka did have a good game and he did get a goal, so... I can understand uh, understand why he got it, but I thought that you know you equally could have made a case for for Jack getting it. So um, yeah, I, I think Jack has given as good an account of himself uh, as he could have done in all of the games, pretty much that he's he's been given time in for England. And you know, most fans are suggesting that he should start, and I think in particular Sterling starts ahead of him. Given the form he has been in, uh, it will be a very unpopular decision um, indeed. In terms of Southgate's comments, yeah, they were sort of lukewarm, weren't they? Which I guess, you know, given how he's spoken about Mason Mount in the past is a bit frustrating. But at the same time, he's bound to keep his cards close to his chest at this close to the first game of a major tournament. So I didn't expect him under any circumstances to come out and go, yes, Jack's going to start his first name on the team sheet. So... I don't think we can read too much, uh, too much into that. A bit, a bit of a weird one, isn't it, Carl? In that um, Grealish, uh, most Villa fans will know that Jack 
those two games was probably playing at five, six out of ten. Yeah, he's received so many plaudits. He's getting so much media coverage. He seems to be the poster boy of England. He's on all the adverts. He was the first guy to be interviewed on the 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 sort of the FA channel the official podcast and the uh, and the first interview when the squad was announced. He seems to be a bit of a poster boy, like, poster boy, like I said. But there's so much more to come from him, isn't there? Uh, in terms of his performances, and and I don't think. Do you think the same as me that the England fans haven't really seen the best of Jack Grealish yet? Oh yeah, no, they haven't. They've, they've seen little bits here and there. They haven't seen anywhere near what we see week in week out. Um, but you're right. He has been the poster boy, and you know they do seem to be using him for all, all their media um, media stuff. But um, it's all set up, isn't it, for him to get about five minutes throughout the whole tournament uh, <laughs> and just and and like you know, just not just really underused, and then we limp out um, and we all start sort of asking why he didn't get um, more minutes. But I, in all seriousness, I don't think it will come to that. I, I don't think he'll start. Um, I think he should start, obviously, but I don't think he will. Um, I think he'll come on in the first game. He'll do something that will um, mean that he'll have to pick him in the second game. That That's my prediction. First prediction of the uh, of the pod. Um <laughs> But you, yeah, England fans haven't seen England fans haven't seen any anywhere near the best of him yet, have they? They've, they're seeing like six out of ten. Like it was about a six out of ten performance max the other night, and he won man of the match, and everyone agreeing that yeah. he was man of the match, and he was the best player, best English player. But he was he was below par, maybe not. But he, he still didn't look hundred percent fit. But um, there's there's still so much more to come from him. I just hope that he gets a chance to show it because. Um, someone, um, I think it was Snodgrass was interviewed on Talk Sport, I think, today, and he said yeah. if he starts every game for England, he'll win player of the tournament. Yeah, yeah I, I agree. I agree. I think uh, yeah, I saw that interview as well. And, and there seems to be a lot. Uh, Stuart Downing was saying something similar. Uh, there's been a lot of pundits out there who said the similar about Jack Grealish. I think football football players who know football know Grealish is a special player and he, he can have a massive impact. In, you know, these tight games we saw. I agree. He was, I thought he was below par. I'll be honest against um, against both teams. Yeah, he was still one of the, well, one of the best players, if not the best player in the England team. But he's got that ability to just turn a game as Southgate, Southgate sort of alluded to. He said he was a game changer, which in these tight games in the Euros, where I think it's going to be a bit more of a defensive tournament than than usual, because um, there seems to be plenty of defensive teams out there. I think that kind of player is, you know, massively influential, massively needed in an England team, definitely. Where I think they're going to be, you know, there's there's a lot of pace in that England team. Uh, but uh, whether they're going to be able to use that and whether they're going to be the space for, for those quick players to be utilised, I'm not too sure. It's a bit of a weird one, Sam, in that uh, most tournaments we go into, most people know the England start at 11. They know, that they know they know roughly maybe 9, 10 out of 11 players are going to start the game. I would say this tournament is slightly different in that we probably know 6 or 7 out, out of the 11 players that are going to start, but there's still a few question marks on a, on a few positions. Do, do you believe that's the case? And do you believe there's a there could be a surprise or two in that starting lineup against uh, Croatia on Sunday? Yeah, I do. I think so. And I think that I, I'm not sure if you know I might have missed a bit of media today that that might have settled this question. But as far as I'm concerned, there's still question marks even about the formation that we're going to start with. Um, yeah. You know, are we going to go three at the back? Are we going to play wing backs? I think losing Trent mm. for me means that the wing-back option is less attractive. If it was up to me, I'd, I'd, I'd play a sort of similar formation to the one that we see at Villa, sort of 4-2-3-1. Um, and, you know, I'd be looking at a, a front four of 
Grealish, Mount, Foden, Kane, and and I think it's quite you know disappointing that that Southgate when when that kind of uh, quad was put to him sort of suggested that he you know he didn't see that as a front four in, in any way and and, and I, I imagine that's because he thinks that's too cavalier um, you know and uh, I suppose the, the proof will be in the pudding but uh, for me personally and I think for the majority of England fans I'd rather see us no way don't no. The proof of the pudding will be in the eating, mate. Sure, okay. Yeah. Be in the pudding. That's right, mate. Yeah, yeah. That's correct. Thanks. Thanks for that. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I think most England fans would say, you know, why don't we play to our strengths? We've got a lot of attacking talent, right? And let's pick those front four and let's go out of Croatia and see how it goes. I think I think it's more likely that Southgate will try a more cautious approach, see how that goes, and then maybe put on some attacking talent when we're one nil down. And I, I just think that's a that's an approach that that England fans don't want to see, and, and I'm no different really. But we are where we are with Southgate. I think he's been tremendous this week in terms of his political leadership. I've just got a few question marks about his uh, ability to select the team that's going to win us the tournament. And I think you're you're absolutely right, Omar. So there's question marks at centre half because we don't know when. Um, when Maguire's going to be fit, if he's, you know, uh, if, he, if I, I don't see him playing much of a part in the group phase. Henderson, yeah, you know, um, I think we all liked Roy Keane's comments. It was very funny, uh, you know, um, the, the card game quiz stuff. Uh, I thought it was good of him to miss the pen because in a way he sort of created a good quiz question there that he'll be able to use in, in the future. But uh, no, I don't. I, I I don't see him playing much of a role against Croatia and uh, or really against Scotland. But you know, it, it remains to be seen. On the on the Grealish front, I thought it was quite interesting that the six out of ten stuff. Yeah, it, it wasn't his best performance, but when he was on the ball, you could just see that his quality was a, was a cut above everyone else. And I think what really stood out for me was you. You know, as a Villa fan, and I'm sure you lads were the same. You're watching Grealish as much as you're watching the game. And he's finding he's finding the pocket of space in that ten roll, and yeah. you know Rashford would take the ball off the fullback, and you're thinking, play it inside to Jack. He's got a yard of space. He's the man. Play him, and then Rashford wouldn't play him. And then whoever had the ball, similarly when Shaw had the ball or, or whoever it was, and when Watkins came on, Watkins every time the opportunity was there to play Grealish, he played him. And I think that was the difference. I think that's one of the issues with Grealish in England. They they need to come to this realization actually that if the ball goes through Jack, that's the that's the way we're going to un- unpick teams and unlock defenses. I just don't think that the rest of the squad are, are quite there yet. And I suppose you could be generous and say, well, you know, there are some other good players in the squad. I get that, but they, they weren't really there so much in evidence on Sunday. And I think the other thing I'd say is, you know. If Grealish was was able to dovetail with Kane on Sunday, he probably would have got another assist, and uh, and then his, the stats would have looked a bit better. And I saw on Twitter earlier, people were saying, "Oh, you've only got to look at Sterling's uh, stats to see, you know, just how much he offers the side." And I think, well, that's fair enough. But Grealish's last two appearances were, you know, with a with a fairly substandard number nine uh, compared to what we've potentially got to play. So I, d- I don't know how fair that is. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I do have a few worries about how we're going to line up on uh, in the first game against Croatia. And I, and I think there's a lot of questions to be settled. We'll have to see how it goes. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know. I'm not really I'm not really sure. You know, you, I think you make a really good point there around the, you know, obviously there's, there's players like Mount, uh, Kane to come in. Uh, Rice, you imagine, will be the starting midfielder. 
And these players will have a massive impact in the way that we play. And, you know, like you said, Grealish was finding those pockets of space, but just wasn't being passed to. But maybe with someone like Mount, who's so good at turning over the ball and, and finding space himself, can help help create chances for Jack to then go on create chances, if that makes sense. So, you know, it'd be great to see them all in one team, but I just don't, I just don't think Jack's going to start. I just can't see Southgate starting him. I think he'll go with Rashford. I think he'll go with Foden. And, and Mount, and he'll probably go defensive with a three-five-two. I mean, maybe that's me playing into the media narrative about Southgate, but I just think that's that's the way it's going to go. If Jack does start, AJ, or, or does eventually start games, because obviously he might not start the first game, but you'd imagine he'd he'd find his way into the team somehow. Do you think? I know we've had a discussion about Villa whether he should play number ten or off the left. Do you think for England it's the same? He should be number ten, or do you think there's actually a case to be made that he's probably better off the left for England rather than number ten? Uh, yeah, it's hard. It's hard because, as Sam said, we don't really know what system we're going to play. And I suspect actually we'll play different systems in, in different games depending on the quality or perceived quality of the um, of the opposition we're uh, we're up against. And if you think about it, tournament football, you just don't want to lose that first game against Croatia. It, 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 on paper, it's the toughest game in the group phase. If you come out of that with a draw and win the other two, then you're through, aren't you? So um, I, I wouldn't blame Southgate for being a bit more cautious in that game. But that that said, um, yes, obviously I've been banging the drum all season for Jack playing at ten for uh, Villa. I think he could do a job there for England. Uh, but again, it, depending on the system, it depends. Uh, Mount will almost certainly play regardless of the system, and I don't really have a problem with that. He's an excellent player, and uh, he, he's got a very strong all round game. Uh, and I think in that scenario, you probably do play Jack uh, on the left, but. The other thing is, it doesn't necessarily even have to be Jack or Sterling. You could play, if you're playing a 4-2-3-1, you could play Mount Moore as an eight. He's perfectly good uh, there. If you've got a genuine holding player like Declan Rice in there, why not play Mount as an eight? And then you could have Grealish as a as a 10. You could still play Sterling on the left and Foden on the right or Rashford on the right, or, or however you prefer to look at it. But to me... The form players are Grealish, Mount, and Foden in those uh, in those more advanced midfield uh, positions, and I think you have to find a, a way to get them into the side. Rashford, if you talk to any United fans, has been rubbish all season by his standards. Like, still, uh, you know, good, and he's he's contributed, but you know, he, he had a very frustrating performance in the last friendly, and and uh, United fans would say that's not untypical of the way he's played uh, this year a lot of the, a lot of the time so uh, i just think southgate came in making a case for oh, i'm going to play the form players the form players are are grealish foden and mount and also i think if we do think this is going to be a bit more of a cagey and defensive uh, tournament if teams aren't going to be leaving space for us to run in behind then the players that you want to capitalize on that are the players that can beat people that can advance into the box. Now that's how Jack won the penalty the other day. That's how Foden's been scoring all his goals this season by by cutting in. I, I think those are the two players that I'd want to get into the team because I, I just don't see Rashford and uh, and Sterling often, certainly in the group phase where we're going to be a, a team people are trying to defend against. I just don't see them uh, having the opportunity to run in behind on the counter, which is which is going to be their their strength. So, um, yeah, I, I think you play those three. If you're playing those three, then Jack's probably on the left, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, there does, there does seem to be a, a real clamour from the media about Jack, doesn't it? That 
we should start every game and I, I don't know it's a weird it's really weird to see an Aston Villa player being backed by the media so I'm not used to it to be honest um there seems to be uh, I think I think before you know if it was a year ago and Jack didn't get into Euro squad or didn't start games and it'd be Villa fans causing an uproar on social media but now it seems like every single fan uh from every club even Leeds fans and and uh, clubs in the past who have had a bit of animosity to Villa and, and Grealish in particular seem to be behind him and say, look, they know they might not like him as a player or whatever or not not rate him or well, not rate him, but rate him, but don't like him as a person or whatever, but they they, they want to see him play for England. And at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. He's almost become like a, a bit of a brand himself now. Uh, and, and definitely he's got Beckham vibes, I think. I've just I've just sent you he's a post He's now. box office. Box office, he is. He is, he is. It really is. And you saw his interview. I don't know if you saw his interview today, but... You know, he's, he's so the way he speaks, he's just honest. Uh, you know, he's not the most articulate guy in the world, but he's just honest about how he's feeling. He doesn't really hide. He doesn't really give you the normal football spiel about you know great game and great players and you know just positive about everything. He's just honest and, and straightforward. He's even said about stuff like you know Villa haven't got any good free kick takers and things like that. He just says how it is. Uh, but I, I just saw today. I've just sent you a post that he's actually talking of brand Grealish is just um, releasing a new clothing line with Boohoo Man. So obviously he's uh, becoming big time, isn't he? He saw him, saw him on Call of Duty. Now he's doing this. He's, he's on Sport. I think he was on the Sports Magazine, was it? I can't remember which magazine. Sports World Magazine, was it? I can't remember which one it was. He was on that in the front cover. He's becoming a, a global icon. Can a forty-year-old can a forty-year-old man wear some white jeans? That are yeah, Jack Grealish yeah, jeans. Shouldn't should I, mate? I've got. I've got to say, if the if the gear he was wearing when he was out injured and coming to the youth games and stuff is anything to to go by, I, I don't think it's going to be arranged for the likes of us. Let's let's be honest. But I'm sure it would be very popular. But yeah, it, it, he's down to earth and he's he's friendly. But but he's he's box office as well, isn't he? You know, with the roll down socks and the hair and the the you know the sunbed tan and all of that. Like it's not it's not the way. And he plays with a smile on his face and he's enjoy he's obviously enjoying himself. And whenever they ask him about getting picks, you know, dream come true and and all of that. That's not you know some players these days who've come through the youth systems, especially at elite clubs. They expect to be playing for England and they don't have that kind of the joy of it that you're really getting from, from Jack now. Like they, They're almost like programmed. It's almost like uh, when you go to Eton and you become prime minister and you're just like, yeah, well, of course I'm prime minister. Um, I went to Eton and then I did PPE at Oxford. That's, that's what a lot of the players who come through the Man City Academy or the United Academy, they just expect to be England players. I, you know, for Jack, like every time he's gone up a level, He's just like having the absolute time of his life, and I think that's why people relate to him because you know they, they, that's what they like to see. Well, I don't know if and you so remember handsome. France '98. <laughs> um, yeah, France '98. Um, David Beckham in going into that tournament, there was a clamour he should start every game. He didn't. Didn't start. Um, came on, set up Owen in the second game, then scored a free kick against Colombia, and that all. That all ended up uh, going well for Beckham in the end, didn't it? So uh, let's hope it's not similar <laughs> oh, yeah. to that. If, if um, he makes if he makes a big mistake, they will absolutely yeah. savage him. That's that's the downside, yeah. isn't it? You see it all the time with our press. They build you up, and then you know uh, if he uh, if he does something silly, which is he generally doesn't, but it's not beyond him. Uh, he will get absolutely savaged. Um, so I hope he's well. A, I hope it doesn't happen, but if it does, I hope he's ready for it. But also, Sam's right, he's very, very handsome. He is very handsome. 
he's, he's an absolute he's an absolute dreamboat. He's got that laconic style of play. You know, he's a, he's a throwback to the seventies in, in 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 many ways. In that that kind of maverick midfielder. He's a he's a he's a, he's a dream for uh, you know headline writers. He's he's, he's fantastic. Um, start him, Gareth. Start him. You're right though, AJ. Um, that. You know, the, about the media, ready, you know, waiting, ready and waiting to knock him down because you, you can see it. You know, I think really was it Grealish? I think it was. He got fouled and he sort of pu- almost like punched out to someone's back of someone's leg. I think. Um, I think it was last game, <clears throat> and, and you can see something like you can definitely see something like, like that him. happening. Unlike him, yeah, you can see something like that happening because he's going to get a lot of attention. You know, because he, I don't know. I mean, we talked about it. I don't know if you saw it earlier, but uh, I think we did talk about it in the group. Um, you know, there was an Italian. Um, journalist and he was saying you know in italy you're you're being compared to francesco totti so obviously and, and you know obviously there was a joke about him his tweet about the plenty of totti in in london or whatever but um you can see there's a lot of foreign <laughs> there's a lot of foreign press <laughs> there's a lot of foreign foreign press there and they're talking about jack now and there seems to be a lot of clamor there there's rumors of of foreign clubs being interested in apparently PSG are interested in him now and, and you know think there's things like that out there so there's obviously becoming a bit of a bit of a name and a, a, a recognizable name as that, as that so there will definitely there will definitely be a marked man if he does play so it, he needs to obviously manage himself well manage his emotions well so it'll be interesting to see see how he does on that side of things but but talking about the press sorry a, a point I was going to make earlier was uh, was t- another player Villa player Tyrone Mings who's played uh, both has he played both games I think he has yeah. Um, he he got yeah. a completely different type of reaction from the press generally, and and there definitely seems to be a, a growing concern that he's got a mistake in him, and he's not going to be good enough, and he's going to mess up. But do you, I mean, do you think that's or whoever wants to speak on this can speak on this? But do you think that's fair? Do you think he was poor? Do you think he, he you know he, he could have played better? Or do you think it was a case that you know there was a bit of a misunderstanding between him and Shaw? Him, you know, Ben White was frolicking forward at every given opportunity of leaving Mings to defend by himself at times. Do you think that, do you think it was a bit, a bit harsh on Mings or do you think actually, you know, he hasn't, he's, he's maybe given some doubt whether he'll actually play any part in this Euro, Euro uh, championship. Well, seeing as I've been a bit critical of Tyrone in the past, uh, I think I'd probably uh, like to say that since Christmas, maybe since January, Definitely the gaffes, the kind of rickets that he was dropping in the first half of the season did seem to uh, kind of be reduced. And I felt that his concentration improved. And also, <laughs> yeah, but no, I, I'm not saying they never happened, but they but definitely felt like they were happening, happening um, less frequently. And there were a lot of people uh, on on Twitter, Villa fans and non-Villa in fairness, um, questioning whether we've, you know, Southgate selected the wrong man by taking uh, Tyrone over over Esri Concert. And I think, you know, I'm, I've come round to, the, to be honest, the arguments that you three, amongst others, were making around the turn of the year, that you just have to look at the whole package with Tyrone. And yeah, yes, you know, it's possible that he will uh, make a mistake. But if you want leadership, and if you want someone who's prepared to take a bit of a a risk or two with the ball at his feet and, uh, you know, to try and get us playing out from the back, you know, then I think that he's 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 the right selection. And to be honest, I don't actually think that there's that much better than him in the squad. And, and you know, I, I think he should... I think he should play if if uh, Maguire's out. I don't think Cody's as good as Tyrone because I think Tyrone offers more. Um, Cody's a good stopper, you know. He's good, he's he's quite dependable, but I think Tyrone's got a bit more leadership and can play a bit more. So I, I you know I I think that a lot of the criticism is unjustified, and I wonder how much of it 
is uh, is also uh, linked to his kind of forthright stance with regard to the uh, political aspects that we've seen um, over the last few weeks. Yeah, I mean, I to be fair, Sam, I've also been slightly critical of um, of Mings in that, but it's 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 mainly a concentration um, thing with him in that he seems to. The more he grows into a game, he gets comfortable. And you want a player to be comfortable, but he gets too comfortable at times and starts trying things that he really shouldn't try to do. And that's all it is. It's not his ability. But I was was also going to mention, I wonder how much um, of it's to do with how well he's spoken and you know how much of a great bloke he's shown himself to be with how, how great he's been over the old, um, the race, the uh, the racism um, stuff, and the the knee. Um, I bet you it's got something to do with that. And and the, the press needs they need a uh, full guy, and they've, they found one quite early on. And um, hopefully he doesn't give them anything to uh, to sort of give him a stick about. I I agree with a lot of what's been said. I think he he deserves his place in the squad. Having said that, I think if he wasn't left footed. He probably wouldn't be in the team, but that's a legitimate reason. You know that gives you balance, especially three at the back. You, ideally, you want a left-footed, left side of of that because it makes it much easier to play out. And we've seen that when he's been out, and we've had to have a uh, horse play on uh, horse play on that side. So I think you know it, it's probably fair to say if there were better left-footed centre halves around, uh, then he wouldn't be in. But there aren't. Um, I also thought he did have a poor game against Romania. So I thought some of the criticism uh, of him after that game was legitimate from a from a footballing point of view. I thought in the Austria game, uh, everyone sort of zeroed in on on that challenge that he made in the in the box, and it looked bad. And with VAR there, you know, it probably would have given probably would have ended up with him giving away a penalty. So again, I could see why people zeroed in on it, but I don't think you know. You know, people talking about it as a forearm smash and all of that, as though he's intentionally going out to take the guy out with his forearm. I don't think that uh, was the case at all. So I think that was a bit over the top. So yeah, I think he deserves to be in. And I, I agree, probably some of the criticism he gets has absolutely nothing to do with football and it's to do with um, him as a personality, which is a thing we all respect about him, but some people obviously... Uh, uh, don't don't like, uh, but uh, I do also think you know just purely based on the performance, particularly against Romania, um, that there were some things that you could highlight that he he where he wasn't great. To be fair, yeah, yeah, I know, I agree, I agree with that. I think I do think I get the feeling that he's a big leader in the team uh, or in the squad. He seems to be a vocal uh, vocal guy on the pitch like he is for Villa for England team you know he's he's obviously quite new to the setup still I know he's been in in the squad for about a year now probably more but he seems to be very uh very vocal when playing he seems to order people around just like he does at Villa so I, I get the feeling that he's, he's a big part of the squad I think Gareth Southgate really likes his, that leadership quality and I think with Maguire out potentially for a, a few games and you know, we probably will go three at the back and, and, and Tyron Mings on the left-hand side is probably a better option than anyone else, um, to be honest. You know, you've got Stones is, is obviously the, the, probably going to be the first defender on the on the team sheet. And then you've got Ben White, you've got Mings, you've got Cody um, fighting for those positions. Anyone else? Have I missed anyone? Another centre-back? I'm kind of trying to think now. There's no one else, is there? Walker can play. Yeah, Walker might play on the right. Or Jay or Reese James, for that matter as well. Reese James is a yeah. right yeah. side yeah. centre back. 
Uh, but to be fair, Stones Stones has got a mistake in him. It's not like he, you know. Uh, yeah. As yeah. is Maguire. So talk about his holiday, Carl. Uh, yeah. No. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I like I like Kyle Walker right centre back. I think he I think he works well there. I think that's just going to be his position going forward. I think you know that pace in the back is so important and. He's no one's quicker than him, really, are they? So I think yeah. we are going to play three at the back. I'd like to see Walker, Stones and, and Mings until Maguire comes back into the team. Definitely. And then then obviously beyond that, we'll, we'll see. But um, other, who else is playing in the Euros? Then McGinn, obviously, against Scott, for Scotland. That'll be interesting to see if McGinn and Grealish line up against each other. I saw a best mates sort of thing with, with Grealish and McGinn when they're talking about it. And uh, Grealish was saying how he... How he doesn't care if he's playing against mates, he still smashes them. And McGinn says he can't play against mates because he's he's too nice. So uh, <laughs> be interested to see what happens there. Anyone else in the Euros that we should be looking out for? Villa, I can't. I can't think there is. Is there? It's just McGinn and Grealish and Mings. Am I missing anyone? Kalinic for Czech Republic uh, for for Croatia, obviously on the bench. Yeah, I ain't gonna watch out <laughs> in my own heart, to be honest. Uh, did Taylor get picked? Did Taylor get picked for Wales? Oh, I don't know. I don't think he did. I don't think he did. No. Uh, I don't think no, he's been picked for Wales for about eight years. Doesn't play for us anymore anyway. Uh, no, he's been released. Who cares? Well, he's been released, yeah, but it's a bit, bit, bit of interest. Uh, just saw Dougie Louise has been confirmed for the final squad for Brazil for the Copa America, which is uh, good news for him. Came on as a sub. Uh, Mart- Martinez as well, obviously playing for Argentina and getting knocked on the head yesterday as well, but he seems to be fine. He seems to be first choice for Argentina now as well, which is which is massive. Uh, so plenty of international stars out there. Another Argentine player in the squad who didn't get a game yesterday was on the bench but potentially had his medical yesterday I think I think that was the plan it was Emi Bundia uh, potentially our next signing let's move on to him um, a fantastic signing potentially for, for I thought he was signing for Arsenal oh Mark. wait no no <laughs> uh, that, yeah no so what's happened Carl is we're signing Bundia and then Grealish is going to Arsenal for £40 million apparently that's the rumour that's the rumor. Got you. What 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 do you make of this Arsenal stuff, by the way? Because even that boohoo man advert that I just I just sent to the group, like the first twenty comments are all Arsenal fans, with with like not just saying come to Arsenal, which is the typical embarrassing thing that most fans do, but also plenty with edited pictures of Arsenal players with Jack Grealish's face on them. Like who goes to that? Why? <laughs> who's got the time to do that? Well, oh, I don't understand it. I don't get it. Yeah, I, I saw a post. I saw a post today where I, f- I think it's the guy from Arsenal TV posted a picture and said, "Oh look, Grealish!" And it was England training. Grealish has got his arm around Saka. I then an eye emoji. What? What does that mean? <laughs> it means Saka's coming to the villa. That's what it means. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the, that's the most likely thing that's going to happen. <laughs> the, the, was that, sorry, did you say that was the one? The, the one that they were hugging. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, no, it's a different one. He's just got his arm around his back. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I saw um, that. I saw that, yeah. They weren't even playing pool like the two Emmys. <laughs> yeah. one, one thing I would say is uh, online, the big clubs, the, there's fans and there's fans, isn't there? Like when you look at the, you know, those big six who've been successful for a long time. Uh, there's a lot of these fans who uh, um, from all around the world, and the fan culture in you know uh, Asia, etc., is very is very different, and they have a very different perspective on what the Premier League is like and uh, what it means to play for a club, and and this idea that that Jack 
you know, has played for us since he's nine, six, nine, whatever it was, uh, um, has supported us his, his entire life, and that that means something to him is is kind of irrelevant to to those uh, those kind of fans because the culture of football in those countries is very uh, is very different. Having said that, some of my friends who grew up in London and are Arsenal fans are very salty about the Buendia move and unwilling to accept the facts reported by a number of different um, uh, newspaper reporters, you know, are completely unbiased. They're not Villa reporters. They're working for national titles like The Independent, saying uh, Buendia heard what our owners were doing and what their plans were, and he wanted to sign for us and not Arsenal like that. You know, they won't. They simply will not accept that 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 is the case. Oh, you offered more money and all that sort of stuff. Regardless, he had made that decision and told both clubs that he was coming to the Villa uh, be, before any of those final uh, deals were, between the clubs were were in place. So, um, you know, we're a club on the up. They're a club that's been in decline. And, you know, I'm not saying we're a bigger club than not them. Of course we're not. We haven't won anything since the League Cup in 96. They've won all kinds of league titles and doubles and went an entire season unbeaten. They've got a wonderful uh, big ground, uh, you know. Uh, and even if you go back over the whole of history, which is normally where we can uh, beat most teams in uh, uh, in the country, Arsenal are more successful than us on that basis uh, as well, apart from the European Cup, of course. Um, God, you're really killing my bird, no, no, mate. You're big, killing my bird. <laughs> the best bit of punchline <laughs> here. <laughs> who's, the, who's the more attractive prospect at the moment? Us with a, a set of owners who are investing all over the show, building the academy up, building the club up, signing players, or them with a set of owners who they themselves hate and want out because they say they have no ambition and don't want to spend. Like If they're saying that as funds, why would they expect players coming in to see their club in any different way from the way from the way they see it. So, uh, yeah, um, we're better than them. Full stop. <laughs> there we go. Better. Much better. Much better. Much better. I saw another thing as well where um, Grealish said that he named the three funniest players in the England squad, and Saka was one of them. Uh, and and Arsenal fans jumped on that as well. Yeah. They're like, oh, he's coming up. Probably because he keeps saying Arsenal are a big club. Yeah, <laughs> you get fans in there, but like, I saw someone else. No context AF- AVFC, which is a great Twitter account, by the way, to, to follow. Uh, put something on there. So, are, aren't you embarrassed by this? Like, isn't this embarrassing for you to be like this? And, and then loads of Arsenal fans replied saying, "Yeah, no, <laughs> like this is what Arsenal fans are like." That they were. I thought Villa fans were bad when when we were following planes around and trying to see where Ole Gunnar Solskjaer was and all that type of stuff about where how many years ago it was. And, but the, but Arsenal fans are on a different level, a completely different level. And I, I do think there's a different. Yeah, I know the I know Arsenal fans personally who've been Arsenal fans for a long period of time, have seen them when they were, you know, in high breed, etc., and uh, and not the social media type of fans. And you know, they they were like, yeah, we can see why Bendia went to Villa. Like they understand Arsenal fans. Have, Arsenal have been in decline for ages. But then you've got these social media type fans who they think they can buy any single player. You know, they they think they can buy Mbappe and, and players like that. They just have this weird. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but they're just delusions of grandeur. They think it's but... they think it's FIFA career mode where you can yeah, just yeah, simple as that, yeah, simple as that, yes, nonsense. Anyway, Bundia, 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 Bundia. Yeah, I mean they've always got on my nerves. Um, remember, re- but remember when they remember when they like used to make out like they invented passing football, <laughs> you know, when Wenger took over. 
Oh, yeah. We've all forgotten what you were like under George Graham already, even though it was fought 10 years ago. <laughs> God. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I did like Arsenal. Like, you know, I, I was a massive fan. As I think a lot of fans were like, you know, they were almost not, not a second team, because I don't really believe in second teams, but a team that you were fond of because they had so many good players. They played attractive football. That Arsenal, my United era, was fantastic. But ever since then, you know, it's just been an absolute embarrassment, really. Um, their fans, is, the AVA, Arsenal TV, fan TV is just weird. I don't, I don't get it. I've never been a fan of it. I understand. Fair play to them. You know, they get the money, they get the clicks and all that kind of stuff. But I think it's at the, uh, uh, not at the betterment of the team anyway. But anyway, let's move on to Bundia. Um AJ, Bundia, missing piece? Mm. Yeah, it could, it could well be. I mean, his... Um... If you look at, uh, there's been a few people tweeting the, his stats and uh, heat maps and, and all of those sorts of things. So I suspect most people listening have probably seen a lot of that um, stuff already. But you know, if you if you overlay his heat map playing primarily on the right but cutting inside an awful lot and Jacks, it almost looks like a jigsaw, like where you're literally slotting them together. So you know, as the missing piece, uh, it, it does almost feel like like that's like that's the case and I also had a look at, at some of obviously his stats in the championship last season were ridiculous 15 goals and 15 assists no one's no one's done that anywhere in any in any league uh in, in uh, English football for a uh for, for a good uh for a good long while um and uh he's uh, but but I also had a look at his performance the year he was in the Premier League as well, 1920, which Sam asked me to do, uh, actually, so we did. Um, and compared him and Jack both in that year and also how Jack performed uh, last year. And there are some similarities and some some differences uh, that suggest they can definitely play well together in terms of their overall creativity. So if you look at the XG plus uh, expected assists, they were very similar. So Jacks was 0.37 per 90. Uh, uh, Emmys was 0.34 per 90 in that season. Split slightly differently. Uh, Jack uh, got more goals. Emmy got more assists. Emmy played fewer games, uh, etc. But um, very similar in terms of the overall level of creativity. Jack was better than that this season. He was 0.53 this season. So quite a big step up. But in that season, they performed uh, very similarly. Um, but where they're uh, different uh, is that obviously we we've talked about a lot how Jack's real strength is overall progression of the the ball and um, there was an interesting thing uh, that I shared with you guys that the Athletic have done looking at something like sixty players uh, who are going to play in the Euros, one of whom was was Jack, uh, and in that they said something that I've already said on the pod, which is that basically no no one in Europe progresses the ball better than than Jack Grealish did this season uh but last season uh he was uh he was almost as good as that but his progression of the ball skews more to carrying the ball with his feet he's still pretty good with it um when he's passing forward and he progresses it with passes as well whereas Brendia is the opposite so he's pretty good in terms of progressing the ball uh with it carrying the ball but actually where he really excels is from passing uh and through balls um, and in that 19 and 1920 season, he was eighth in the league for expected assists. He was ninth for progressive passes and he was third in the lead league for through balls. So it's not only that they fit together quite nicely in terms of right versus left. They also fit together quite nicely in the sense that 
the nature of the threat that they pose is slightly different with uh, Buendia tending to, to threaten through through balls and Jack tending to threaten uh, with um, uh, by carrying the ball, although both reasonably good at the, at the other side of that as well. But then the other thing that's really key uh, with Buendia um, is his defensive contribution uh, as well, which actually, you know, Jack's numbers aren't huge on defensive contribution, but for a, for a forward-thinking midfielder, an attacking midfielder, Wendia has some of the biggest uh, numbers around over three tackles uh, per 90, one one interception per 90, 29 pressures uh, per 90. So all aspects of the defensive um, uh, uh, part of his game um, were really strong in his season uh, in the in the Premier League. Overall, he attempted 88 tackles in the Premier League, which almost puts him in the top 10 which for a kind of attack of all players, not just a, a, of, of attacking players. So for a sort of forward player uh, to be almost in the top 10 of, of tackles uh, attempted um, in a season, especially that's absolute number of tackles as well. When you think uh, he, uh, he didn't play every game in that Premier League season, I think he had 28 starts or something. Um is a pretty phenomenal defensive contribution. So yeah, I'm really excited about uh, what he can add, about how he's going to balance the team, about how he's going to make it much harder for teams to shut us down, where at the moment they know if they shut Jack down, that's our main creative outlet. He just feels like such a good uh, good fit for um, for what we're trying to do. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Sam, AJ mentions there, the last point I think is so important We've talked about it on the pod before. Obviously, Jack was out for a number of games at the end of the last season. And, and the, that creative link that w- was definitely missing in the team. You know, defensively, we obviously have a, a very good foundation to build on, but that creatively, players like Shore, El Ghazi, Trezeguet to some extent, uh, yeah, stepped up in certain games, but not so much when Jack wasn't there. That's so important, isn't it, for us to have a player that can step up. Uh, if Jack's having a bad game or he's not involved or he's injured, whatever, to have a player of that quality. Um, how happy are you with that with that signing and 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 also the, the reported fee of thirty three million? Do you think that's that's good value? Yeah, I mean, there's a there's a Canaries fan at uh, at work, and and you know he was just saying how desperate he was for that they could keep hold of Emmy um, just just for one season, just to try and consolidate in the Premier League. Um, and he said, you know, he's he's the best player I've ever seen uh, at Carrow Road. He's absolute quality, uh, and he's absolutely devastated um, to have lost him. But you know. Um, I think he's quite pleased that he didn't go to Arsenal, actually, um, because he worries that he'll go to Arsenal and perhaps wouldn't, wouldn't quite be as loved, if you like, as he as he uh, is likely to be at, at Villa. And I think we will love him because I think that you know, um, as you as you say, when everything has to go through Jack and 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 when we look to Jack to kind of carry the attacking intent, I suppose there's two things really. One is that you know. We saw a couple of games this season where the opposition got, got wise to it. Uh, you'll correct me here, but I think uh, Moyes put two or two players on him against West Ham and kind of nullified the threat a little bit. And so, you know, I think that if we've got a player of, of Wendy's quality on the other side, I think that kind of that it takes that tactic out of it, out of play. And I think it means that we've got a lot, you know, a, a lot more of a threat to carry forward. And I think if we've got Grealish, um, you know, Wendy's. Watkins, uh, and then we've got the five at the back. If we can just perhaps sort out our issues with a, you know, perhaps a, a slightly better number eight, or or perhaps Nakamba can can kick on um, in terms of the the CDM role. 
we're really, we're really close to having an absolutely top quality starting eleven, you know. Um, so, and I think that you know, I said to you before when Dia was signed, he's my number one. He's the one that I really want to get um, because of his stats, because of uh, the sort of player he is, um, and because I, I, I really felt that you know um, that we should prioritise the creative player over the other sorts of, of uh, gaps in the squad. Now that we've done that. I'd love us to go out and get a James Ward-Prowse just to really, uh, you know, I know it's been said, but I think it would be so powerful to have a, a dead ball specialist. And he's not just a dead ball specialist. He's you know, he's a good passer of the football. Um, you know, he works really hard. His, his, uh, you know, the, 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 his press is good. I just think if we could bring him in, a lot of the other teams in the around the top six would be thinking, hang on a minute here. You know, Villa are really taking a serious tilt at this. You know, we'd love to see it. Carl, do you, I mean, are you the same opinion that, um, I mean, do you expect us to continue buying players in those attacking areas? You know, for example, Bendir, you know, people have been talking about him playing on the right, as, as AJ's mentioned, around his heat map, but obviously he can play number 10 as well. Jack can play 10 or off the left. Do you expect us to buy any more wide players or forward-thinking players? Or do you think, like Sam, you know, we start focusing on maybe on that, that sort of central midfield position? Obviously been linked with James Ward-Prowse and, and Saar, as well from from Mets young player 18 year old with the with a bright future where, where if you were Dean Smith and the and the gang where would you be looking to to buy players or the next player um i mean ultimately the the order in which he he does it it doesn't doesn't matter so much does it really but for my mind what we need or what we'll probably end up looking at or trying to get is a a forward who can play out wide as well um i saw that King, um, who's on a free, we've been linked with him um, again today. Um, I mean, if you're looking at getting a backup forward who can also plan the wing, you've got to buy a player who's going to be happy to be that. And um, obviously, as soon as you, you, you're looking at that, the quality is going to drop, but you need someone who can, you know, who's more of a utility type of player who can play in a couple of positions. And I think I think we'll be looking at one of those. Um, I think James Ward-Prowse would be Perfect. I mean, just like I think if he probably should have been in the England squad just for if you're going to play Grealish and and win loads of free kicks, you might as well pick the best free kick taker in the in the league. Um, So if we could get him, that would be um, brilliant. I mean... I hope Jack's had a bit of a word with him because as I think you mentioned earlier, Jack was talking about how um, every, every, every player at Villa is shite at set, set pieces, so um, we, de- nice we say, definitely need. Yeah, we definitely need. Um, we definitely need a really good um, competition in the the sort of eight um, area. And George um, James Ward Price would be perfect. I think we'll probably probably be priced out of out of that, but you never know. I'm not not going to rule it out, but I, I'd, I'd suggest. Um, he might, he might cost I'm glad, too I'm much. glad you're not ruling um, it out, mate, because that's obviously a big. If you ruled it out, no, that'd be well, a massive blow well, for yeah. all of us. Well, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm I'm glad I didn't do that for you all. Um, and then I think, you know, you've got Dougie, who I don't know where he's ultimately going to end up playing. Is he going to be more of an eight? Is he a bit further forward? But it'd be great if we could buy a top class number six. Um, um, Saw, I've only looked at his YouTube clips, and he obviously he looks absolutely amazing. Because 
I think the only person I've ever seen with a shit YouTube video was uh, was it Tonev, <laughs> uh, where he was just spanking shots from forty-five yards that were going over the bar, um, and uh, it turns out that that yeah, was, was the exact sort yeah. of player he was. And uh, yeah, and I think I think then you, left back cover, or do we dip into the youth for that? I don't know. You've obviously got you, you've obviously got um, Chuck Wameka to bring in as well. Um, so I think. We need an eight, a six, and a forward who can also play on one of the flanks. They're the they're the three areas. If we can, if we could only have three signings, that's what I'd go for. Yeah, well, exciting summer ahead, isn't it? Oh, one one of a point on uh, Brendan. Yeah, one of a po- point, quick point on Brendan in that if we was going to talk worst case scenario, let's say the Arsenal fans are right. I mean, he's obviously not going to go to them that shower of shit. But if he was going somewhere and for the money that we have and for the sort of player that we could attract, I don't think we could have got a better player that would be a replacement for Jack if if that yeah, was to yeah. happen. Not that I think it's going to happen. Definitely. And doing the business before he before Jack went, if he's going to go, is, is, is the best thing about it. If that you know, if it transpires that, that, that that's likely, I mean, who knows? It's, I mean, Jack. If Jack does go, it's not going to be to Arsenal. We all know that. Um, it will be Man City, Man United, PSG, Barca. Well, one of the big clubs. I can't see him going anywhere else. There's no point in him going anywhere else, really, at this stage of his career, given what he's done. Um, and, and you know, who knows? Nah. He's got a release clause or not? We we don't know. You know, apparently he doesn't. But you never know these things. We didn't think Dalf had one, so you just wait and see. But. It's an exciting team being built here. It's an exciting uh, transfer window ahead. Um, two two players that have uh, been mentioned, AJ, there already, just before we finish off for the night. James Ward-Prowse, who we've talked about already to some extent. Another player, Saar, uh, from, from Mets, young 18-year-old. Mm. I think he's 18. Uh, seems like a, a real one, big one for the future. Uh, been... been, been uh, sort of likened to the same kind of level as Camavinga, who's obviously the, the, probably the next brightest prospect coming out of France. Who's, who's, you know, every big club has been linked with. He's supposed to be on the same kind of level. There's a big, I saw there's a bit of beef on Twitter about his height as well. Sars height. A lot of uh, people saying he's 5'11". Some people saying six foot six. And I don't, I don't know why, why uh, people are getting so angry about it. But anyway, I guess we'll see if he does sign for us. But potentially a one one for the future hit there? Or do you think he's a, he might be a ready-made player coming into the team, given how well he's done for Mets? Uh, well, I'd never heard of him before about Wednesday this this week. Uh, so, so I don't... I don't no, claim... sure, surely, surely you've watched the... Uh... You watch the clips now, so you should know everything about him now, surely. No, no, no I'll leave that to you. No, I've uh, had a look at the stats rather than watch the clips. That's my that's my department. Um, but yeah, for an eighteen year old who he played twenty two games uh, last year, so he sort of broke into the team in the sort of second half of the the season, and then they couldn't drop him uh, basically for what for what I could tell. Um, uh, his his stats are like really really. Strong, in particular, his defensive uh, stats. I think I'm right in saying Mets didn't have a great season, so he had a lot of defending to do uh, in that in that role. Um, and one of the things when you look at these these quick scouting reports that everyone uh, has a look at, when you look at, at things like uh, passing and, and tackling, you have to take that into account because a lot of them are looking at absolute number of of passes and and things like that. Um, so he's, he hasn't got a huge number of uh, passes attempted overall, but if you play for a team that doesn't have as much of the ball, 
then you don't have the opportunity to to do that. But if you look at his pass completion, uh, then that's up at about 86%, which is is pretty strong. And the other thing that really appealed to me from from a Villa point of view in particular is that he's very strong in terms of passes under pressure. Uh, he's good at completing passes under pressure. And we know that one of the things we've really struggled with this this season um, is when teams apply the press. Uh, if you think about, you know, Leeds, Brighton, some of those games where we've we've really struggled. Uh, when teams apply the press, our players have not been good enough on the ball to, to get us out of, of, that, of that situation sometimes. And we have turned it over in our own defensive third uh, a little bit more than we would like in some of those games. So getting someone in uh, at that level um, who can uh, play out even when under pressure um, makes him a very appealing signing. The one thing I'd said, say, the money they're touting, 27 million euros, I think, was the the rumoured figure. Um, you know, he's 80 years old. It's not like we've unearthed a little gem if we're, um, you know, and I still think that's what I'm waiting for from Lango and, and McKenzie to sort of, pull out one of these uh signings that that you wouldn't i mean i'd never i'd never heard of him so so it's not like he's uh he's a headline player or anything but if you're having to spend 25 million quid on him it's not like they've run an, uh, it's not like when you sign uh mares for one and a half million or buendia for that matter who norwich signed for that sort of money so i yeah i'm really excited by the prospect of him from from what i've seen in the, when looking at him in the last couple of days and i think he would be a, a very good uh, signing, but I would also like us to to see us sort of finding these sort of two three million pound players who then turn into thirty or forty or fifty million pound players as well. But I'm sure that's going on at the same time. The priority right now is players that can go straight into the first team and strengthen it. Yeah, no, I, I completely agree. I think um, you know, I I expect to see two or three, maybe more. 30 million pound, 20, 30 million pound players coming in this window. But it'd be nice to see a few gambles if you like as well because i think we can afford to take them now with the with the with the squad that we're going to have probably going to have 14 15 really good players sort of top 10 level players and then with this with the youngsters coming through as well you can afford to take a couple of gambles and, and try and get those gems like you said um a- any more to add boys on that before we move on to the last bit all i'd say is that um in terms of the the getting the gems, I think if you look at what what's happening with the youth team, I think we're trying to identify those players when they're sixteen, yeah. you know, uh, and and bring them into the youth setup, and uh, so maybe that's where we'll see those kind of unknown players, uh, you know, burst into the squad and burst onto the scene. Yeah, yeah, we look with uh, Josh Feeney, I think it is. Uh... Yeah, although I saw some tweets just before saying that he he might well be going to. To Chelsea, um, but yeah, there's oh, been right. a few. Okay. Uh, there's a few like that. We, uh, it wasn't, you know, it's was just a, a Twitter Chelsea journal saying that that was pretty much done. So it might be that we missed out. Okay. On but yeah, those are the sort of. Uh, Sam's right. Those are the sort of players we're in for. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah, yeah definitely. I think it seems to be we've got a plan. We've seen obviously the FA Youth Cup final and the, and the fruits of that labour, and, and that's only been on the back of maybe one or two years worth of work. So hopefully, longer term, it looks it looks better than that even. Right, before we go, uh, I'd like to get your prediction for a lineup on Sunday and a score as well, prediction, please. So, Carl, you want to go first? Uh, yeah, a prediction. Um, what? So, what I think Southgate's going to yeah. go for. Yeah. Um, Pick, Pickford in goal, um, 
Luke Shaw left back. Um, I think he'll go Stones, uh, Mings, and Carl Walker, uh, three centre halves. Um, I think he'll go Reese James at right back or right wing back. Um, then I think he'll go. Weirdly, I think he's going to pick Henderson. Um, I think he'll pick Rice. I think he'll pick Mount. Um, and then I'm going to go, well, obviously Kane. And then I think he's going to go Sancho and Rashford. Interesting. Interesting. Sam? You've picked, you've picked too many there, I think, mate. I haven't. Have have you? I? Oh, you <laughs> have picked. I think you've picked 12. I think yeah, you've you picked 12 there. You have five at the, yeah, you five have the back, five, three, three midfielders, and three up front. I have, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, drop, drop. I mean, that, was, that would be um, that that would be a bold move. Uh, you know, could see it. I could see it. I mean, working it out was on us. the hoof. I need to write it down. Also, also, I didn't give my score Go prediction. On. If we're allowed to pick twelve players, twenty-seven nil. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Very good. There's a good chance of that. Um, like that. Um, so I'd go Pickford, Chilwell, Stones, Mings, Walker, back four. I'd go Rice and Bellingham. I just I just hope that he wakes up and thinks sod it and goes Grealish, Mount Foden, Kane. So I'm going to predict that he's going to come to his senses and and, and, and do it. Um, yeah, so that would be my 4-2-3-1. I think Rashford will play. Uh, I mean, I wouldn't I wouldn't pick him based on form, but I think I think Rashford will play. I think he will go. Uh, three at the back. I think Pickford will definitely be a goal, and I think that's probably that is the right choice. Uh, and I would, I think he'll go Mings, Stones, Walker as his three at the back. Uh, I think he will go Shaw and uh, Reese James. I think that's probably uh, that's probably right. Um, and then it depends how negative he's going to be, whether he's going to also play two holding uh, midfielders or or not. I would like to think he would at least go with Mount and Rice in there and not um, Henderson uh, as well. Um, and then a front three that would be Rashford, Kane. I don't know who will pick on the left. I wouldn't be surprised if he picked Sterling. I'd like to see him pick Grealish. I think he'd probably have Foden ahead of Grealish still anyway. Um, and I'd, I'd rather he picks Foden uh, ahead of Grealish than Sterling ahead of Grealish, let's say, let's say that. Um, but yeah, I think that it'll be something along those lines. And I've no idea what to predict because um, I don't know. I don't know how good Croatia are. People say they've got a bit rickety at the back and all of that. Um, I don't think they were great when they knocked us out last time. And actually, squad-wise, I think we're better. Whether we'll do better and play better, I don't know. But in terms of the quality of the squad, I think it's better. Uh, I'll say one-one. One-one. Right. With 12 men, England. No, but no, but my my team was right. What are you what are you picking, Omar? What are you picking? Yeah, I'm going to go for um, Pickford, Walker, Stones, and Mings, and I think it'll go Trippier and Chilwell as a fullback. So I think it'll go Henderson and Rice, and I think it'll go Mount, Rashford, and Kane. That's not the team I would go for, but I think that's what he'll go for, and I think we'll we'll win one nil. Just playing Mount as a wide man or Arcane and Rashford? Yeah, wide, wide. Okay. Mount, Mount from the left, I think. He's done it before and I think he'll do it again. It won't be popular if he does that, will it? 
No, it won't be. Le- leaving his two best players on the bench in Foden and yeah. Grealish should be playing. Oh, oh, Harry Kane there, mate. I've but... already. Yeah. I've already got a completely different team in my head to the one that, uh, <laughs> you, when you put me on the spot. So thanks, thanks, Omar. Thanks for making go on, me go. What's first. the team? Go on. I didn't even know we were know, doing I that. Know. I was sort of surprised you all, but go on. What, what's the team now? What do you think the team's going to be now? No, go on. No, I'll give you no, a chance. No, I'm not interested. I'll put it on Twitter. I'll put it on Twitter. Re- you can no, retweet me. I'm not retweeting you. Don't give a shit. <laughs> You've had your chance. You've had your chance. You picked 12 men. You've come on, it, mate. Come on. Give us a team. Come on. Don't cry. Come on. Give us a team. Okay. Uh, Pickford. One. Uh, Two. Chilwell. <laughs> um, sa- same centre-halves that I had before. There was, th- there was three uh, of those, right? James. Just to be, just to yeah. be sure. Yeah. <laughs> yes, three of those, yeah. No, I've got it. So, Chilwell left back. Uh, Reese James right back. Uh, or wing back. Um, then I'm going to go. Um, I'm still going to go. Henderson Rice, and then I'm I'm actually going to go Sancho still on the right. The same front three as um, I said last time. Can't that's remember. Still what twelve. I said. Um, still twelve. Sancho Rashford. No, that's right. no, it's not. It's, it's not. Right. No, it's Sorry, not. I thought you were going to go. No. I think it went three more players after Sancho. But yeah, fine. Okay. Time for a rush again. I can see that happening. So Mount Mount on the bench. I'd be surprised. Mount doesn't get a sight in time. Yeah, I don't see that. He'll t- he'll pick Mount. Yeah, he's put he'll putting his son on his on the bench. Yeah. Anyway, we look forward to that. Uh, there's not really. I was going to say. I was about to say. There's. We'll be back with a review of the England game, but I doubt we will. To be honest, unless Grealish plays really well and we're starts. not doing that. Well, we might do. We might. We might do. We might do. We'll be back with it. We'll be back yeah. with some sort of pod. We'll do. We could do a Jack. Jack, Jack Player of the Tournament sort of celebration yeah. pod. We'll do, we'll do, we'll do something. We'll do, we'll do a regular transfer update. Uh, it might not be a weekly thing, or it might not be a bi-weekly thing, but it'll be as and when things happen. So, uh, and if Jack does play well, or Minx plays well, or McGinn plays well, we might, we might do something. But or Kalinic plays well, we might do something. This is all very non. It's all very non-committal, mate. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. I can't. I have... Can we all kit ourselves out in some of these boohoo man outfits? <laughs> yeah, yeah. That would have been good. That would have been good. If we were doing YouTube, that'd be good. I'd like. I'd like to see that. Uh, maybe if we do a, a five a five yeah. aside tournament with the other podcasts, we can wear the uh, boohoo outfits when we play in the boiling hot heat. Um. Yeah. Defo. Right. Boiling. I said boiling hot heat. By the way, I just I just realised I said that. I don't know what that. Never heard that phrase before. Yeah. Anyway, at least you didn't pick twelve men uh, in your team. Do you know? Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, no, but you'll, you'll have noticed that he made some mistake. No one yeah. picks him he up on it. Some... <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he's tired, mate. He's, uh, he's, uh, he's just yeah. a little baby. I'm fuck. I'm in fact, tired I'm out. Baby crying. I can hear the baby crying. It's his fault. I'm surprised. I, get, I, I won't even have time to edit this pod, so this might just be between us. So. I think that's. I think that's Carl. <laughs> <laughs> right thanks boys thanks for listening guys uh, as always sorry it's been a while cheers mate uh, cheers thanks, and uh, please do subscribe and follow us on the whatever podcast platform you're on as usual please follow us on twitter at villa podcast all one word thanks for listening thanks to guys again up the villa up the villa slash england up the villa. see you later lads up the villa up the boo man
ਆਈ ਲਵ ਇਟ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਬਹੁਤ ਚੰਗਾ ਲੱਗਦਾ